Cylon War is long over. Yet we must not forget the reasons why so many sacrificed so much in the name of freedom. The cost of wearing the uniform can be high, but sometimes it's too high. You know, when we fought the Cylons, we did it to save ourselves from extinction. But we never answered the question, why? Why are we as a people worth saving? We still commit murder because of greed and spite, jealousy. We still visit all our sins upon our children. We refuse to accept the responsibility for anything that we've done, like we did with the Cylons. We decided to play God, create life. And when that life turned against us, we comforted ourselves in the knowledge that it wasn't really our fault, not really. You cannot play God then wash your hands of the thing that you've created. Sooner or later, the day comes when you can't hide from the things that you've done anymore. That was Lin-Manuel Miranda playing Captain Adama. What a freaking amazing combination of two worlds we absolutely love. It's from a project called The Nerdologues, which we recently learned about in our interview with Rekha Sharma, brag. It's online for all to see. It's available for free. Rekha has also done a monologue along with a bunch of other BSG alum. So do yourself a favor and get over there. Uh, We also really encourage you if you have the means to donate to the cause, which is the Black Lives Matter movement. It's something that uh, Kaylee and I feel really strongly about. Anyway, that's all from me. I'll let you get back into the episode. You cannot play God, then wash your hands of the things that you've created. Sooner or later, the day comes when you can't hide from the things that you've done anymore. Welcome back to another week of Beers, Beats and Battlestar Galactica, where we, your co-hosts, Kaylee and Lisa, take you through the sci-fi original series, Battlestar Galactica, episode by episode. And we're so close to the end. We're so You're going to go watch the final three episodes, right? After this? I am. You are going to have so many text messages. <laughs> it's going to be ridiculous. I you ain't seen nothing yet is all I'm saying. <sighs> but um, I'm really excited. Yes. It's Although I wish you were here. It's been such a long journey. I know. I know. It's been two and a half years since I watched, at least since I, we should look up the date. I think it was May not this year, not the year before. Yeah, I think it was May two and a half years ago okay. uh, when I watched the mini series, which is wild. That's such a long time. I think you probably hold some sort of record for like most investment in a show that took the longest time to watch. Like, <laughs> if there's some sort of world record category for that, Guinness should I mean, look you up. I don't know because there are people who watch TV shows as they came out. Okay, no, let's let's uh, rephrase and just say like a TV show that already that was fully bingeable at the time you started watching it. Okay, like yeah, I mean, I feel like there are others with podcasts who've done the same. I'll take it. I'll take the award. I'm giving it. Um, to I'd you. like to thank the Academy. <laughs> 
And what are you drinking, Kaylee? Hey, I well, I didn't go out of my way to get beers for this specific episode, but I've got some that I feel like kind of fit. I have Hazy Hero. Okay. It's a nice hazy IPA by Revolution Brewing, mm-hmm. which is a local beer. Uh, it's actually I I bought it a couple of weeks ago. It's one of my one of my favorite little hazy IPAs over here. Um, nice. But I feel like haziness and heroes generally a theme that works for this show slash this episode for sure. And I also have Voodoo Ranger Imperial IPA, which has like a picture of like a skull with a piloty looking cap on. Well, I see. I see where you did that. Right? You went for the visual. Yeah. We'll put up a picture on Twitter for you. That's you'll see that's what's for been my done. girl, my my favorite mm. dead girl. Yep. Great. Yeah. Um, well, I have, as as you did, I actually, like, I was sort of, like, low-key browsing for beers that could be used for this episode, uh, but then we sort of decided to record a little bit last minute, and I didn't have time to go to my beer shop, but I had this one, luckily, that I sort of thought would be useful soon. It is a definitive brewing company beer, which I thought this had a lot of definitive points in it this episode, and it's called Float. Neat. And it's a double dry hopped double IPA so I have just one beer double 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 and I'm trying to like work I just spilled a bit on the side of course (laughs) I'm trying to work my microphone around so I can like look at the label to see where it's made that's always the time when I would spill beer is trying yeah it's it's real so it's eight percent which is you know it's from Portland Portland Maine though is M.E. Maine Uh M.E. is Maine yeah yeah, so not Portland from the famous Portlandia, but Portland, Maine. The label is also like kind of, it's like a very space-like. Ooh, I like can, it. Yeah. yeah. I feel like so. all of our cans actually kind of, they all are like kind of bluish and mm. spacey. Yeah, it's good. It actually is surprisingly, I only got this one so I was like, it's going to be insanely strong, but it's actually surprisingly drinkable for a double dry hopped. Well, that sounds double IPA. Dangerous. It certainly does. So luckily, I only bought one with me into the room. Good job. Yes, <laughs> I brought. I am two my and own parent. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk about this penultimate episode, as oh Ronald D. Moore and Eddie almost called it. It's so <laughs> exciting. Which basically means the last three episodes are like a movie length finale, which is very appropriate. And then there's the plan as well. Correct. Yes, which I, if I've seen the plan, it's been like a long time. So that would be a fun one to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe I'll have to do the beat by beat for, for Ooh, that one. <laughs> that be, now that you're uh, not worried about spoilers anymore. Now that I'm a, a Battlestar Galactica expert, some would say. Hell yeah, you well, are. Well, not yet, but in like in like five hours, I will be. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so excited and so sad I'm not there. Okay, let's get through this so you can go on that journey. What was that quickest episode ever? (laughs) We'll see. We've said that before. We have. All right, so we are talking about season four, episode 18, Islanded in a Stream of Stars. Yes, and you watched the Amazon version and I watched the Edward James Almost extended version. So oh, our man got a director's cut, huh? Yeah, and he had this beautiful commentary track where he was just like, Katie's so good and Colonel, what a what a great 
man he's been and just like but in his like really deep like eddie edward james always voice and it was so beautiful but i was just like i could hear it and i was like he's gonna spoil the shit out of it because like it was definitely something that was for the dvds so i think the assumption probably would have been that people have seen it so i i listened to about two minutes of his commentary and was like nope i can't do it it's too risky i've come so far uh so i don't actually know where the episodes are different Interesting. I mean, I watched Ronald D. Moore's podcast, but I'm not observant enough. Like, I, I know a couple of things, but um, but they're 24 minutes different in length. Oh, wow. It's really, really long. <laughs> All right. Well, if we get to a part where you remember there being more than I'm talking about, you just holler. Oh, well, I will. Yeah. But it also drags so much, the extended. I bet. Because, like, this, the regular episode drags a bit. Yeah. It's just not a plot-heavy episode. Nope. It's, like, some beautiful acting and really emotional, but, like, not a lot happens. I think it's a real actor's episode, uh, for sure. And that's, I think, what either what Eddie likes to direct or what they like to give Eddie to direct. <laughs> either like, way. Because all of his episodes are kind of, like, plot-light, emotion-heavy, or just, like... Just the more emotional episodes in general. Yeah. He seems to get. Yeah. And before we begin, there is something that Ronald D. Moore said on his podcast, which is very important. Oh, yes. He said that Daniel is not related to Starbuck and that so much stuff had been happening on the internet and he doesn't usually like get rid of, I guess, fan theories, but he was concerned that people who were like getting too much into this theory and he didn't want it to take away from the final three episodes. So I'm both saddened by this uh, because I was like really happy about my predictions, but obviously not alone. And I think what he said was that he'd sort of been really focused on the Cavill element of the Daniel story and kind of like a Cain and Abel type thing and had like completely not even thought about Starbuck and where she fit into all of it. And then was just really surprised, <laughs> just like, oh, wow. OK, I didn't think about that. Like, it makes sense, but like also not what I'm going for. I'm glad he actually said something. I, I read that on the wiki that he had made that comment and I was like debating whether to tell you because that was one of your predictions. Um, so I'm glad you just listened to the commentary and like which like I mean that was that was the podcast that used to come out with the episode. So exactly. It's, it's right. Yeah. But yeah, clearly you weren't alone and clearly he wasn't thinking enough of his audience who were like trying to put clues together. And he's like, no, there are no <laughs> clues. Stop trying so hard. What do you mean? I just said he was an artist and then gave Starbuck this whole episode with her, her dad being an artist. I don't know how you would put those two together. Where she's like come back to life And also playing yeah. a song that the Cylon, that awoke the Cylons. But like no one would read anything into that. No, um, no. We'll just watch these episodes at face value and yeah, yeah, never exactly. think anything more of it. All right. Uh, so the title of this episode, I always thought it was just like a pun somebody came up with and it was like, I landed in a stream of stars, but it's actually a quote from a book it comes from the book, the, the outermost house by Henry Beston. And, uh, the line is for a moment of night, we have a glimpse of ourselves and of our world islanded in its stream of stars, pilgrims of mortality, voyaging between horizons across eternal seas of space and time, which is very BSG. It is very BSG. It's actually about, I guess, living on an isolated beach in Cape Cod. But, you know, <laughs> all this has happened before. Exactly. <laughs> 
so as we said, this one was directed by Edward James Olmos, Eddie to us, obviously. Because we're friends. <laughs> we're, we're real tight buds. Uh, and it was written by Michael Taylor, who's given us some of the best. Um, unfinished Business, Razor. All right. Um, you want to beat by beat? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. So we open with this shot of Hera like on that table in the CIC playing with the little model ships. They're back. Yeah. Well, they, they're clearly being used for their intended purpose, which is as child's toys. <laughs> Those pre-war Cylon ships that they made. Right. Yes. It's very it's so insane anyway. It it remains one of our biggest questions somehow mm-hmm. in the whole series. Here we are at the end of season four. And I still... What is Starbuck? Who knows? The important thing is... Who makes the model planes? Who makes them? I need the answers. Yep. Ronald T. Moore, if you're listening. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he has that answer at the ready and would not be surprised that any fans are hyper-focused on that situation. Maybe once we've all said and done this podcast, we should get in touch with our friend Ronald. Although I think he's quite busy. Yeah, now. he's got some new projects going. I heard about it. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about it later. We shall. All right. So, um, yeah, we have this shot of Hera playing and then she's running through the opera house. And then we um, we get this really beautiful shot that was probably a very expensive computer animated situation where they like they start out kind of pulled back in space and they zoom in on the Galactica. And then it looks like normal Galactica from far away. But then up close, you can see that like she's broken and battered. Also, uh, our friend Ronald wanted us to know that that's not Jupiter. Oh. Because one of the planets, people thought it was Jupiter and they were saying it. They're trying like, so it's hard. Not, he's like, it's not Jupiter. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to let you know people have a theory and they're wrong. It's oh, just some man. other planet that we don't know what it is. You just can't trust sci-fi fans to not <laughs> obsessively read into everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then we have this scene of like, there's like scaffolding and welding happening and all the workers trying to fix Galactica. And uh, we get this, like one of my favorite sixes who uh, I have dubbed knuckle dragger six because that's wow. a word that the wiki that. used, right? Yeah. This is also like of the jumpsuits that the different sixes wear. This might be my personal favorite because, you know, I like a butch. I know you like a butch, yeah, correct. <laughs> I also love that you're like, I dubbed her that because Wikipedia called her that. No, Wikipedia was like, these Cylon workers are more like the knuckle draggers of oh, okay. the see, colonial fleet. So Fair. I like I like knuckle dragger six. Okay, cool. So knuckle dragger six, yeah. aka Kaylee's kink. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so she like delivers this sick burn about like your species has inferior alloys. <laughs> so sick burn. Yeah, yeah. And whatever goop they're putting into the ship can't like meld with it. Uh, and she's fighting with this guy who's insulting her, and it's ridiculous. And then an eight has to come over and calm them down. I kind of wish they had brawled a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think all of these scenes are a little more drawn out, but I don't think there was any brawling in the extended version. I just like it when six fights. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It is fun. So there's a scene where uh, there's a whole bunch of them talking about um, Ellen's 
saying to the group that uh, Cavill is probably going to take Hera to the colony, which she's like, it's kind of like home. It's basically where they made the skin jobs after the first war. So there was a little bit of insight on this, on the podcast, on Ron's podcast. He said that for so long, like, because they didn't have a home for Cylons, that they had just been calling their home place Cylonia. And he was like, that's a really lame name. We can't use that. It's not okay. We need to come up with a solution of where they are. And then I think that they eventually uh, did. But um, yeah, anyway, Cylonia. I like it. But it would be cheesy in the context of the show. So cheesy. (laughs) I like it as like a writer's room joke. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, so there's just like Lee is here for this meeting and I'm just exhausted by him all the time. He's like, Bye. so let me get this straight. You would have Galactica jump into the thing for one measly child. And it's like, just calm. D- no one's even made a plan yet. Calm. Sit down. Sit there down, are two Lee. things about this scene that I like. One of them is that Michael Hogan's wife is back. Yes. Whose name I meant to look up again and didn't look up again. Mrs. Hogan. I want to look it up because I think it's like shitty. I also, Jamie Bamber's wife is in this one and I just referred to her in my notes as the Lady Bamber. But, but we, I mean, I think we need to I know think that names. we would do the same. Okay. If we could think of it in terms of like gender, I think that we would do the same. If Mary McDonald's partner was in an episode, we'd be like, that's Mr. Mary McDonald. Yeah, like, but that's not a just... thing that happens in society all of the time. <laughs> I mean, it happens a lot in academia. A lot of academics bring their partners into institutions with them. It's weird. But anyway, my point being is she's back. That's exciting. Also, when Apollo says, Gaius Bolta, <laughs> like the end of the scene, it's ridiculous. It's so good. It's so good and almost makes it worth it. Yeah. That and Mrs. Hogan. What's her name? Susan. Susan, Susan. Hogan. Yeah. But she is Mrs. Hogan, so I'm not wrong. Yes, but she deserves to have a name because she's been in multiple episodes and we love her. And she is more than Michael Hogan's wife. She she's is her more own than person. that. She is, but I do love that they're on a lot of shows together. It's adorable. Uh, it's precious. Yeah. 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 Especially the L word. That's their best. That's their best. Yeah. When I, they actually I wanna, play. If I parents. don't rewatch all of the L word, I want to at least watch that episode just because. There's fun. a bunch. There are in a couple. That's so fun. Yeah. They yeah must you just, know when yeah. to stop watching. I want to keep saying I'm going to power through it. We'll see if it happens. Anyway. I mean, I would like to tell you that it gets better. I know it doesn't. I know it doesn't. <laughs> but they're like, there's the new show coming out, and my roommate and That's I want to watch it. And when does when does uh, season Q come out? Is it season Q? Is that what they're Generation Q. Generation, Generation Q. Generation Q. Um, I do not know. I think Me it either. is. It must in be soon. Winterish. Okay. Yeah. Great. Which it already feels like in Chicago, it, even though it's very much you, fall. Did it snow? It snowed on Halloween. Wow. And it stuck for like a whole day. It wasn't like a little like snow. It was like snow. Yeah. Yeah. My sister's in Utah and I, my parents sent me pictures and it's snowing there. Yeah. Wild. In October, America, you're drunk. (laughs) There were still like badass kids running around in their costumes with no coats trick or treating though. Because I think that's like Chicago life. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Canada. I had a kangaroo onesie, so I was fine. Oh, that sounds very cozy. 
I but um we can talk about this on our podcast that we're recording after and releasing first. Uh, but someone has very exciting Halloween news that we might have to talk about on our yes. sexy episode. That we'll is talk, we'll talk in the past to you, dear listener. Yes. Anyway. Uh, anyway. It was very, I'm very, I'm still getting her the name, occasional notification on my phone. Well, her name was Susan. Her name is Susan. She it still, still is. is. Yeah. It still is. Okay. So what else happens in this scene? Ellen's arguing that Hera is the only hope against Cylon extinction. And then Starbucks, like, also she knew about this song and it was the song that led us to Earth and it's a whole big deal and it's destiny. And Adama, he just gets, like, extra gravelly in this scene, which makes me really happy. It's just like, I'm done with destiny. I love it. It's a great line. It is. It's a really great line. He's done with god or the gods or whatever he's just like super surly and he doesn't care about like his energy special destiny he does not he does not think her destiny is special at all he is worried that he's gonna like catch a bullet he says walking down the hallways for getting them into this mess which honestly is a fair thing to be worried about i mean he has caught a bullet before so i could see why it would be on his mind yeah i also have Oh, that's way ago. I just, I have two pages of notes that are separate and I had like a quote, which was, there is no way of knowing which direction we're going, which was a line. And then I was just singing Willy Wonka. Yeah. There is no (laughs) way of knowing which direction we are going. Anyway. That scene's very creepy. Yes, it is. Anyway, we can continue. Yeah. He allows them to take a heavy raider to go check out the colony and do a recon mission. He he doesn't want Hilo and Athena to know about it. I guess he doesn't want to get their hopes up is the idea there. Yeah, but it's so ridiculous because they've done a lot of really... Like, he went and sat in a fucking, like, <laughs> ship and waited for Rosalind for as long as he damn well pleased. And then Hilo's like, I want to go find my child, my helpless child. And he's like, no, you need to get over it. <laughs> There's, like, a... F- a lot of hypocrisy from both Adamas in this episode. Absolutely. Or like, we're not leaving this ship because I love this ship. We can't. It's like, like falling apart. the many episodes where they've used like all of the resources of the fleet to find Starbuck. Yep, exactly. It's happened in like three episodes, I think. Yep. Ridiculous. Off, and they're just like, Adamas. Hera, no, doesn't nah. seem important. One child. What's one, one child, Cylon human hybrid, mystical. The only one of her child. kind in the entire universe. And even if she, even if she wasn't the daughter of like two of your most trusted, valuable members of the fleet who've been by your side for a long time. Come yeah. On. Come on, Adama. Nothing. Shit. Nothing at all. It's a good. Hilo has some good emotional scenes. During oh my god, episode. his acting in this episode is so great. good. He doesn't get to do that very much. He's very like kind of just like chill all the time. Hilo. So it's one nice scene to see I think like that, that was in the extended episode that I don't think was in the episode was when Hilo and Starbuck got really drunk together, mm. and she like smashed a glass. Yeah, that's not in the the main episode. Yeah, he does some really great acting in that scene. Oh, that's and then cool. she just like puts a glass. She someone she someone's playing the piano and she's like. Stop playing the piano. Stop. She's like sobbing and then she just like 
puts her glass on the table and it just like smashes. And then she picks up Hilo's glass because he's like stormed off because she's just like complaining about how sad she is. And he's like, my daughter's gone. Fuck you. I don't care about your problems. Stop having a pity party. I lost my daughter and all you're doing is sitting here and bitching. And he like walks off and she smashes a glass and then she's like, the glass just it broke. And then just like picks up his glass and like, drinks his whiskey too oh my god it's like very it was a very good scene oh starbuck great great acting scene didn't advance the plot at all but i did like it because it did bring it back to them and i think they've had such a beautiful friendship and we forget about it um we do such a lovely friendship that they have it's um it's nice to see it sometimes yeah and also Mm. just starbucks being starbuck wow she fracks a lot of people she hilo doesn't though to One fair. thing Ronald D. Moore said, like in this episode in the po- in the commentary, which like I forgot, is he's like, yeah, Kara slept with guys Baltar, and I was like, shit, they did. I totally oh, yeah, forgot they about did. it. But I totally forgot about it because it's just <laughs> been so much since then. Anyway, it's been a lot of fracking. Mm-hmm. Over the last two and a half years. Wow. Hilo and Athena are not doing super well. This is a very brief little scene. I don't know if it's longer in the extended, but I actually liked how short it was and that we didn't have to sit through their entire fight. He's I just don't think like, it was longer. Okay. He's basically just like, you hate me, don't you? Like, look at me, you hate me. Uh, and she doesn't say anything, which it says something. And he yeah. kind of storms off and she's crying and like, it's, is there a it's wonderful acting. No, Tyrell's not in so this I episode think, at all. Oh, okay. So in the extended, he is. Ah, uh, he's in there. Okay. And I think it must have been after that scene. So they didn't extend. I think that it was like a similar length or like I didn't notice because I'm not an observant person. But there was a scene with Tyrell where um, she comes to, like Athena comes to see him. Uh, and he's like projecting when she gets there. And then she's like I know what she did I know what that house meant to you blah 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 blah. and she's like but I'll never forgive you oh wow so it was like this thing where she's like I understood what happened I know how like I know exactly like how she sucked you into this and I know that you didn't know and I know that you turn yourself in but I will never forgive you that Uh, seems like um, an important scene to include (laughs) 24 minutes over (laughs) they had to cut some stuff I guess I guess that doesn't technically advance the plot either, but it seems like a really important interaction that is missing. I mean, it probably, like, I think a lot of the cuts that were made, a lot of the decisions that were made with the cuts were things that were important for the finale. Uh, okay. So potentially that's not. It felt like it could have been something that was, like, if it had been included, I would have definitely thought it was. But, but then or maybe, also said, uh, maybe it's something that gets visited again in an, one of the last episodes so it was like redundant to have it twice or something like that i don't know we'll yeah, see yeah i mean something ronald d moore did say was that they had been a bit cheeky by putting scenes in previously on battlestar galactica that had been cut yeah and he's like he's like we did that and then we realized we could do it so that there might be a bit of that with this episode i think there I was, was like, there's something cheeky. Rosalind says yeah yeah Anyway, so he's like, maybe that'll happen with the finale. Uh, so we'll see. Possible. Yeah. Whatever okay. gets the story through at this point. You got three episodes left. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, so Caprica 6 and Rosalind are both in sick bay, and they're both sharing the Hera dream again. It seems like Athena is too, even though she's awake. She's like kind of having the vision of it. 
Um, yeah. But in a separate, she's still in her quarters. Mm. And then we have this horrific scene of Galactica just kind of like splitting open and all the people working on that part of the ship getting sucked out into space. And you know who saves the day? Knuckle Dragger Six. Yeah. You know what? I love this scene so much because it's so beautiful how the exact same guy that she's fighting with is someone that she saves yeah and i just think it's such a gorgeous like it's just like a very short scene that really shows how far they've all come and that even though this animosity between them like they've started to kind of see each other as you know a team i don't know i'm trying to think of a good analogy for it i don't know sports analogy or something but <laughs> i can't I'm it seems bigger it seems bigger than sports i think that's why it's I like know, literally life and death Hey, listeners, just jumping in here from the future with an analogy for y'all. So obviously the world has dramatically changed since we recorded this back in October. And as I was listening to this, it really struck me how we were talking about these people sort of sitting on two sides of a war. And I know that the issue of masks has been hugely, hugely politicized but ultimately it's something that we can do that can really impact the spread of this disease. Even if it is the case that there are people who are not wearing masks, who are not being safe and who are not protecting you, you really have a choice here. And I'm just gonna do a little BBBSGPSA and say that you should wear a mask. If you if you know you're gonna be in, a, in small spaces with people, even if they're not your friends, it's the right thing to do, and we're all one human family at the end of the day. Anyway, I'm gonna let you get back to the podcast. Yeah, and it, it's nice. I think that it. I think that it really. It really shows a lot in a very short. It's. It's a little longer in the extended version that scene. I really liked it. Nice. Yeah, Good work, I mean, guys, great work, team. Technically, she's also saving like all the Cylons who are on the other side of that door. But still. yeah, but she didn't have to save him first. That's true. What happened? Okay, so maybe this is the thing that uh, was missed from the scene in the extended at least uh he and her are like together like next to each other and she pushes him up for them to grab him and put him inside and then she says lock the door yeah Which, like, i think that part she maybe could have actually and pulled her attention. yeah she could have pulled herself up and saved herself and done the same thing but she didn't she chose to save his life and then she told them to lock the door uh, so I think that, yeah, she was saving the silence as well. But I think that she, that, that act of saving him was, yeah. you know, legitimately. The silence, once you're on their side, are very noble and loyal. It's just they're that like sometimes they're trying to kill you. <laughs> yeah. It's like French people. Is it? Yeah. They're like, fuck <laughs> you. And then the minute you're friends with them, they're like, I'm your friend forever. I have friends from France who I've known for like, I don't know, 10 years who I don't even talk to, but I could like call them up and be like, hey, can I come stay with you for a month? And they'd be like, sure. That's French beautiful. Are, yeah, I don't even keep in touch. French people are just like that. Hmm. French it's people are like Cylons. You heard they it are. here. Heard it here first. So that was a very long uh, intro. We are, oh, I think the survivor count reflects the, um, the deaths that just happened. So we're at okay. 39,521. Mm-hmm. And then I've written the Lady Bamber in my notes, but that is not her last name. She is Carrie Norton, nice. Jamie Bamber's wife. And she's great. She uh, is great. She's like rolling in all badass with blood on her face, uh, 
wheeling in the survivors. Mm-hmm. Um, this, the one guy is talking to Ty about how like, I forget what the actual space science numbers are, but there's like a 90% chance Galactica will. Oh, it's 90%. Tear and he's two. like, come back when you're a hundred percent. And it's like, dude, chill. Just, you know what? He's so much. <laughs> there was a 90% chance that I was going to get, I don't know, killed on a plane that I was supposed to catch. I wouldn't take that flight. And I wouldn't That's... yell at the person who gave me that information to nope. come back when he was a hundred percent sure. I mean, I would die. Star Wars comes to mind. I I don't know if you're a big Star Wars person, but is it like I don't remember which episode it is. Maybe The Empire Strikes Back, the scene where there where Luke gets caught outside and C3PO is like there is like a point something percent chance of survival, which I'm sure one of our fans will know off the top of their heads, but I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Binge mode have started doing the Star Wars. Um, oh fun. Also the new Star Wars is coming out. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And Terminator, which I haven't seen yet, but by the time you listen to this, I will have. It's out now? Yes. It okay. came out on Friday. Okay. I'm going to have to make a plan to see that with yes. a friend here. Excellent. Okay. Yes. Uh, so where are we? Adama Did- sends that guy off. Like He doesn't tell Ty to shut up, but I think it's implied. He's like, go, yes. go take care of your wounds, my dude. Um. But these two guys are in serious denial about what's happening to Galactica. They sure are. They're kind of just like feeding each other. Like, yeah, we'll get the old girl up and running again. Yeah. And then Rosalind's like, oh, no, both of your women are dying. Yeah. She's just like, hey, here's the facts. Mm -hmm. And he is not going to admit to either. So I feel like in the in the version in the short version is he reading to her because in the extended one he does but I feel like that might have been cut. It's later. It's a different okay. scene, but he does okay. read to her, and it's lovely. Yeah. So now we have Susan Hogan, yay, and all of the ship captains who are now representing the forum of however many ships there are. Yeah, the quorum, forum, quorum. Uh, anyway, the quorum forum. <laughs> Indeed. So Lee is like, Adama is like, we're never getting off this ship. And Lee is running a meeting where he's like, so when Admiral Adama moves to the the Cylon base ship, he'll be doing this and doing that. And like, he does not have permission from Papa yet. No. And then everybody's just trying to split the ship apart. So they're like, we need this thing. We need this thing. I think yeah. that's where we're at. Yeah. I, my notes are very limited for this episode. Well, I mostly for this scene just have rabble rabble. Um, <laughs> but, but I think it's actually really like, uh, I really like that. I kind of like that they haven't even, Battlestar Galactica hasn't even decided that it will evacuate yet. And they're like, but we need these things. Yeah. It's the guy from Hite Khan is the first one. He's like, our air mm. quality has been bad since day one and I need the CO2 scrubbers. And then everyone mm. like jumps up and um, Susan Hogan is like, we will probably have to do a lottery. And Lee is yep. just freaking out of that he's not in is. charge anymore. Yeah. Um, this is the scene where he says Gaius Bolta. Yes, I just it had is. it in my notes earlier. This is the one. Because they were like, well, what does Gaius Bolta think about this? And he's like, Gaius Bolta? It's so good. It's so Chill good. out, my guy. Cut to uh, yeah, Baltar's transmission about angels among us. He does have a wonderful like morning radio voice. Like that's he's missing. I get why calling. I get why people are listening to him. Yeah. Hey, 
You know I do. <laughs> you believe in those angels, huh? Uh, so everyone throughout the fleet is listening, including Starbuck, who is like weeping while she's listening to it. And uh, he's talking about angels. And then we get a, a nice shot of head six, like above him, looking down on him, dressed in white, looking very angelic. Yep. And uh, his sign off is, wherever you are in the fleet, this is Gaius Baltar wishing you a beautiful day. It's like, I think he says that every time now, probably. It's a better sign off than you and I ever came up with. Absolutely. <laughs> Stay classy, San Diego. Mm, that's a good one, too. Solid. Yeah. Um, yeah, we did have many attempts at sign offs. <laughs> it just never happened. Just never took. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll do it on the last podcast and it would be the perfect thing and then... I don't know. That's <laughs> life. What can you do? Mm. Mm. So Caprica 6 is there after Gaius ends his transmission. I guess she's picking up like some supplies because Gaius' food. lair has supplies. Yeah, food. They have they have food rationing really well. I think a lot of that is actually, there's a lot more exposition on that in the extended version about Got how it. like they've had a really successful time uh, trying to like demonstrating how they can do food rations really well. Um, and a lot of ships are trying to get them on board. I don't know if that happens in this episode, but there are no. a bunch of ships who are try- like, cause they're like, we need to move soon. And then they're like, we were thinking this, but then these ships have also asked, like requested us to come with them. Um, and so there's a lot of extra stuff about that in the, on the extended. Okay. Mm-hmm. I could see why that was cut because it sounds a little dull, but um, yeah, it's pretty dull. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it is. They do just gloss but I over really your why questions, she's there. Didn't yes, I? You certainly did. I feel very <laughs> informed. Great. Uh, so Gaius runs after her. It's weird. It's like weird the way he says her name. It's because they're like exes now who haven't like spoken in a long time. He's like six Capric six. Like yeah. Like, oh, you guys used to be such a thing. They mm. did. And he still loved, he loved her. Does he? <laughs> I don't know. He seems he really genuine in this scene. And then later he's such a dick that I'm like, you, nothing you do is genuine. Nothing. I mean, maybe. But he runs Who am after I? her. What's that? Who do I don't have? I am single. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Me with someone being <laughs> rude. Is this? love Mm, mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) guilty of that as well (laughs) but he offers her condolences after the loss of her baby he's like do you need more supplies do you need a place to stay and she's like i'm not staying your fucking harem yeah (laughs) which is a great line and he gets so so genuinely upset but it's like i think in this case he's just upset at being like called out in that way like I don't think the emotion is about her or her situation he's just like how could you think of me that way like it's just (laughs) oh it's still even if it's genuine it's about him it's Uh, always about him yeah 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 she's like you haven't changed I have and she really she has valid come a long way from and she also went through a lot girl went through a lot girl went through a lot girl started Mm. by like being like the main point of the attack against the 12 colonies and doing all the genocide but she has gone on a journey i will say yes i mean yes when you look at it that way i mean when we first met her she was killing babies with her hands Mm. but to spare them the worst fate. to spare them the worst fate yeah Yeah. Mm. Yeah. but still (laughs) 
so fragile. Uh, so this there's a random eight in the sick bay who wants to talk to Ty while she's dying. Katie's <laughs> like, I don't have time for this. And Cuddle's like, you dig. She's dying. <laughs> Just like, take a minute. Yeah. I love Cuddle. Mm. Uh, she's like, thank you for the privilege of meeting my father before I die. And Ty's like, I used to, like, I spent my whole life trying to kill your people. <laughs> Uh, which he still doesn't kind of include himself in. And then she no, has... This yeah. whole episode is full of him using the word toasters and like really treating it as if the Cylons are others. But of course, because it's about the Adama Tai love story. Exactly. That's the real heart of the episode. Mm. Um, before she dies, she says, too much confusion, which is a line from the song. And it, I feel like it still always sounds a little weird when people are speaking the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Mm. It just always stands out as like, this is a thing that's happening. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, here we get to this scene with uh, Hera and Boomer on the ship, and she's doing some decent kid acting. Like, she's really crying, and it's very heartbreaking. She's really good yeah. in this. Um, she's come a long way from ouch. <laughs> I think to be fair, like in that episode, they didn't give her much to do. And then this episode, I don't know if they just really trusted her. She got some good direction from Eddie, but uh, she did great. She really did. Boomer cannot take the crying and she's going to sedate her. She's like, these shots don't come in kitty doses. And then 24 hours ago, I want to be sedated. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Continue. (laughs) Uh, she has a moment of like genuine, com- genuine compassion. I think mm. where she like doesn't well, inject like, her. What's like fucked about all of it is that really she shares like half her DNA. Like that's yeah. how it works. So it's it's like an identical twin having a child, and the other twin, it's like they actually share like the same DNA. Even though I mean, she didn't birth her, obviously, but still. Yeah, I think that adds to the jealousy aspect, though, of Athena Mm. and Athena's life and what Mm. makes Boomer more bitter because she like gave all that up. And Athena is like living this like really human seeming life with like love and a child and things that Boomer feels like she can't have. So I think that's where a lot of that aggression comes from. Mm, For sure. Mm -hmm. But it's hard when you're looking in the face of a child who like shares half your DNA to seriously. Yeah, I feel like maybe looking her in the eye is the thing that changes the scene because they yeah. she's been like piloting the raptor and not actually looking at her while she is freaking out. And crying children are really annoying. It's true. Real. It's really true. Uh, I love kids, but <laughs> crying babies. It's not. It's not fun for anybody. So we have a lovely scene with the ties where Ellen is berating Saul as Saul is searching for alcohol. He finds a bottle under the couch, but it's empty. He throws it <laughs> and it smashes. Ugh. And then he's talking about like, happens. right? I hate it when I throw glass against a wall and it breaks. Happens a lot. <laughs> he's talking about how he like, doesn't care about the Cylons and Adama and the people in the like fleet are the only, it's the only family he's ever known. Da, da, da. He calls Adama the old man and Ellen's like old compared to who? Which is a very fair point. And such a good line. Yeah. It's <laughs> such a good line. 
And Saul responds with just this like, like he can't even get a whole sentence out. He's just like, that man's friendship. And Ellen's just like, yeah, what's 2,000 years of marriage, right. really? Yeah, well, Ty, I mean, Ty can't remember it, he though, which remember. is the problem. I think he says it's something, he's just like 2,000, like it's just a number. I don't understand. Yeah. 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 But it, that must be, it must be like having, this is very like soap opera-y plot line, but like having a lover who has amnesia, like <laughs> you remember everything and they remember nothing. Even yeah, though they still had back. a long relationship that Ty can't like, remember. <laughs> like they still were married. <laughs> what's the one with Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler where every day she wakes up and she can't remember the day before? 51st Dates. Wow. You got to that real fast. Yeah. That was okay. like, that movie came out during probably when I was in high school or something. It was, okay. Yeah. It was like formative okay. movie watching years. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so where are we? He's, t- he's like, makes the point like, well, I had a child. He died. And she's like, no, you had millions. It's actually a nice scene. But also, yeah, yeah there's no plot here. There's just reiteration <laughs> of things we already know. But it is, yep. they are great actors. Yes, they are. Uh, Boomer's trying to get the traumatized Hera to eat some, like, gross looking bar and uh she doesn't want to because she's being kidnapped actively and yeah. then boomer tells that her petty child right yeah <laughs> come on <laughs> boomer tells her about the house that she would like visit with with the man that she loved and she does and say betrayed. this yeah she says this in a way that like Con- I think confirms that she did love him and those feelings were real, even though she chose to betray him for like mm. whatever she believed was the higher purpose. Um, but I don't think uh, everything she did was just cold and calculating. Like, I think there really were feelings there. Yeah. And then we find out that Hera can project. Yes. Very she, important. Yeah. She shares the, this like vision of the house with Athena and she projects herself a nice little cupcake. Instead of she whatever does. gross looking like protein bar she was trying Which to Which is eat. a great thing that I would love to be able to do. I would love that. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know if I need to change my surroundings, but if I could like hold a protein bar and imagine it was a cupcake really convincingly, <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> so much fun. This scene now with Starbuck on the toilet watching guys shave. Oh my God. So a couple of things. Firstly, Ronald D. Moore was like, there are not enough scenes with women and men in bathrooms together who aren't a couple, but even if they are a couple, but he's like, you like the intimacy of this situation. I agree. I also like that they went to the effort of putting in pee sounds for Starbuck. So you like, no, she's not just like sitting there. She says she's like latch is broken, and then you just hear this like tinkle of peeing. <laughs> well, like it's actually it, it's the sound of exactly it's quite a strong stream. It's what I'd expect from Starbucks. Mm-mm. Well, she's probably just been drinking, so you know, probably usually, <laughs> generally, if she's awake, absolutely. Uh, yeah, she's like, I think she genuinely wants his help, but also it's Gaius Baltar, so she's being a total dick to him while sort of secretly asking for his help she's like yeah you, you really believe in these angels huh um 
I think what Ronald D. Moore said is that she needed to tell someone. Yeah. Uh, and she, I think she thought, because of all the stuff he was talking about, that maybe he'd be someone to talk to about. But she misplaced her trust. That's for damn sure. That is for sure. As everyone who has ever trusted Guy Spalter has <laughs> also done. There is this great exchange where she's like, oh, so you see these angels? And he's like, with alarming regularity, because <laughs> head six is right there. And she goes, oh, regularity, that must be important when you're full of crap. I mean, that is an incredible line that I actually have in my notes. And she's um, sitting on a toilet while she delivers it, which is It's just... a great line. And he's like, oh, you're so clever. And I'm like, that's actually really clever. Yeah, that was that was a great, that was a great It was a dick. great line. <laughs> Uh, so she confesses, like, I'm a dead chick. I pulled these off my dead body on Earth. Mm. She's like, you used to be a scientist. Pull out the old Cylon detector. Tell me what yes, I am. Yes, please. Yeah. Be a scientist again. We miss you. Science uh, Volta. Fun fact. I know they're not coming up now, but it's relevant. The science scenes, they're from season one. I mean, the ones with Gaius are from season one and they had to like be really careful how they did this <laughs> shot because his hair was not right. Like, Is that different. why they had him shave? I don't know. That would be so, interesting like, if that's why. Because that yeah. seems like more effort. <laughs> anyway. Oh, I don't know. I feel like maybe what they did is like... So what Ronald G. Moore said is like they had that scene and then they had the later scene and they were like, there's nothing tying it and we wanted people to know that he actually did do the science. Um, and so they got, I think like... I don't know, someone else doing the scraping science thing. And then, yeah, just like took a scene from season one uh, and was like, this is Gaius with a microscope. They're always very clever about that. Yeah. They so do that it was really well. Very funny. But I was happy to be reminded that he is a scientist. Yes. Not just a mm. cult leader, not just a terrible president. No. He's he's worn a lot of hats, our Baltar. Not just a six fornicator. Mm, mm-hmm. But primarily, I think. Yeah, mm. it's his primary occupation. Yes. So Starbuck finds, I don't know how she sorts out where Sam is. It doesn't really matter. But she finds him in this room in the like hybrid bath attached to the main power grid of Galactica. Mm. And there's an eight there who gives us some exposition. And uh, they've got the Cylon, like, red projections on the wall going. I don't quite know how they accomplished all of this on Galactica with no one caring, but whatever. Yeah. That's a big bathtub to, like, drag in, you know? It truthfully is. <laughs> um, I don't know how much. I feel like this might have been some of the scenes that got messed with. Because there's a lot of time spent. Like, there's the first scene with Sam where they decide to plug him in and then they realize that he has, like, power to jump the ship. Do you go through all of that in this? Uh, that's what's happening th- now. It's what's going to happen because first Starbuck has a scene just with him. Uh, and then... Where she's going to kill him and yeah. then grabs her wrist. Okay, yeah, yeah, so that's yeah. where we're at now. That's where we're at. So she, like, has a beautiful speech about, like, oh, I remember when I... Said if I found out you were silent, I'd shoot you, and then someone beat me to it, and now I just want you to wake up. She's like, "You're just Sam. You're my Sam." It's very, very sweet. You're In just Starbucks my way. Sam. Oh, you know, do you know the song on the reference? I don't. It's from Showboat. Oh, okay. Along I'm not- came Bill, who's not the type at all. 
You'd see him on the street and never notice him. Anyway, we might have to add it to the musical is all I'm saying. Ooh, solid idea. I'll put it on the Mm -hmm. playlist. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. We should share that for our fans or would it be a... Would it be a bit of a spoiler? I think it's too soon, but I okay. feel like it would be fun to like do a special episode about the musical, about our plans for the musical. I think we should. Yeah. Yes. Okay. We'll put that put that on the agenda. We shall. Yeah. So Starbuck Continue. puts a gun to his head because she's like, I want to remember you as my Sam, basically. And like, I know you'd understand. And then, yeah. He, Woody, though. Yeah, Woody. I don't. Yeah, it's. Starbucks worldview I don't think is always everyone else's worldview she's convinced herself that he would understand I mean you just at least wait for him to be near a resurrection ship right yeah it seems a bit soon to just give up hope Mm. but she's pretty stressed out anyway I mean I guess it's pretty understandable when people get stressed out they just you know go and kill their husbands I mean, I think we're meant to read it as the, like, pull the plug plotline. Like, she's yeah. become convinced that there's no hope. So, like, why drag it out? Yeah. Um, it's pretty good timing on that grab there. Mm, well. I wish um, I wish that Romeo had had that timing in Romeo and Juliet. I used to scream it at the TV at the Baz Luhrmann version because it's like, just after... No, it was Juliet needed to have the timing. It's like, just after Romeo takes the poison, she grabs him. And then... It, He's like, oh, my God. And then she shoots herself in the head. Spoiler alert. For Romeo and Juliet. For Romeo and Juliet. But uh, anyway, so I wish that they'd had this kind of timing, you know? Sam was... Yeah, although I don't think that story would have the lasting power that it has with a happy ending. And what does that say about our society? Indeed. For hundreds and hundreds of years. It's such a fucked up story. So many ways. It weirds me out when, like, it, it th- it's Taylor Swift who had the uh, Romeo and Juliet song, right? Like, a long time ago. It's old now. Anyway. It's like, that's not, it's not beautiful story of teen romance. It's a horrific story of teens knowing each other for, like, one week and then killing themselves. Because they love each other and you're like, honey, honey. <laughs> I was in love it's so awful. many times when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Really truthfully you just don't know yeah yeah imagine if we all killed ourselves over our first love ridiculous there would be, there'd be nobody left exactly <laughs> except for like mra activists oh god mm. okay we're the this future we're describing is getting too bleak so let's should we on. write a dystopian novel about it oh wait they already <laughs> did that the turner diaries right i don't know what that is oh okay Sorry, I forget that not everybody has a degree in terrorism. (laughs) (laughs) It's a right-wing fictional story about a possible future. It's actually more racist than men's rights activist-y, but it's a little bit that too. There's some nice overlap between those movements. I mean, I could have said The Handmaid's Tale, but then people wouldn't know how smart and knowledgeable I am. <laughs> and they wouldn't have a fun new thing to Google. Uh yeah. Maybe don't read them, but you could. Yeah. But it's good to know about that. I mean, you're speaking to the lady who like regularly reads terrorist manifestos, so who am I to judge? Go Indeed. ahead. Go forth. Have fun. Enjoy reading about horrific shit. <laughs> 
Yeah, Why I wouldn't. Not? I wouldn't necessarily recommend Elliot Rodgers manifesto. It's pretty whingy. <laughs> anyway, we can continue. Whingy. Yeah, a sorry. review from Lisa Charlotte. He's All a right. bit of a whiner, actually. <laughs> <laughs> who would have thought for a guy who went and shut up people because they were just getting laid? And he was shocked. Shock I'm shocked. Yeah, so he Sam freaks out. He does the the hybrid babble, um, and he starts like messing with all the electricity and the ship. And he gives us the classic Carathrace, you're the harbinger of death line. And one thing we do miss if by missing this Carathrace and Hilo scene is she says, Harbinger, what a stupid fracking word. Which is um great. And then we miss <laughs> and then also, in Sam's hybrid speak, at some point he says, there's a hole in my bucket, dear Liza, dear Liza. I don't know if that was in the small version, but it was in the extended one. It's in later, and I actually um, I spent a little bit of time with that song Okay. <laughs> in preparation for this episode. So is that a song, like, it's like a weird song that is that it, uh, uh, in Australia? Did that make it to Australia? There's a hole in the bucket. Yeah, yeah. Do you not know it? No, I know it because my grandmother had it on like a record that she would yeah, play yeah. sometimes. Yeah, yeah. There's a hole yeah. in my bucket, dear Liza, dear Liza. There's a hole in my bucket, dear Liza. A hole. Then fix it, dear Henry, dear Henry. Dear. I thought you didn't think I was going to go to the second verse. I didn't. I didn't um, think anyone knew the second verse. I do. But what I what I pulled off of the Battlestar wiki is I, I didn't remember the story of the hole in the bucket, which is more complex than I could have possibly imagined. I can't Um, wait to hear this. So there's a hole in my bucket is an example of an infinite loop. After several verses describing the intermediate steps required to fix the bucket, it is ultimately revealed that the initial problem, the hole may only be resolved by gathering water in the self same bucket. In other words, all this has happened before and all this will happen again. Oh, actually, that's true. I do remember it being a loop. So it's like the song that doesn't end from Lamb Chop. Yeah. Is Lamb Is Chop it, American? Uh, yeah, or possibly. I or feel like it's possible here. that Lamb Chop is Canadian, but it, it was definitely a part of my childhood. Yeah, yeah. This is the song that does Why? End. Why would you do that to our poor <laughs> listeners? They deserve better. Anyway, that's great. An <laughs> infinite loop, you say. Yes. Also, this song is an infuriating example of a man like not knowing what to do around the house. (laughs) (laughs) The whole song is like, what do I do? But what do I do? But what do I do? And poor Liza must be just at the end of her rope. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, yeah. So then this, we have the beautiful scene of Adama reading to Rosalind, which is always mm-hmm. heartwarming. And Love she does it. like, she has this beautiful, perfect smile on her face that explodes my heart. It's it so does. sweet. It is nice. And I feel like she was maybe like trying to wait until Adama got to page 61 and casually discovered the joint that she had <laughs> in there, but she got impatient. She was like, <laughs> open it up. Um, apparently Ronald Dumois was really worried that he'd be in trouble with the census to this. And he was like waiting for a fight and they just were like, whatever, we don't care at this point. <laughs> like your show's almost over. Yeah. We give up. We know. Who. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I love that. Also, it's medicinal. 
Yeah. And Adama draws the curtain anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, Did she say in your version, you look spiffy? Ooh, I don't think I caught spiffy. I like she, spiffy. Yeah, she said it because um, he's obviously going to a funeral. So she was like, right. you look spiffy. Aww. And then they have smoke a spliff. So it's a spiffy spliff. Spliff. Spiffy, spiffy? spliff. Spiffy spliff. Yeah. That's fun to say. Uh, only once though. Spiffy. Don't repeat spiffy it. Spliff, spiffy spliff, spiffy spliff, spiffy spliff. Wait, if you say it three times in the mirror, it'll come to your house just like Beetlejuice. Do I want a spiffy spliff? I might. Probably, yeah. It's so been a hard, it it's times. been a hard week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if only it were true. Right. Uh, oh, well. Mm. So uh, they're reminiscing about New Caprica. Mm-hmm. And she's like, do you remember? And he goes like, yeah, we talked and talked. I was like, and. 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 Fracked all night. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. probably. Um, mm. One thing Romano Dimor said around this scene is he said, this kind of scene is the heart of Battlestar Galactica. That's not verbatim. That's just ish what he said. Mm-hmm. And he said, it was always supposed to be a drama first and a science fiction story second. And Aww. he felt that, that they had been very true to that. I love that. Mm. And I agree. Mm. And their relationship might be my personal favorite relationship on the show. There's a lot of beautiful relationships, mm. but nothing beats that Rosalind Adama love. <laughs> so they're talking about the cabin she was going to build and she thinks about it all the time. And she's like, only they could project. I know. Mm. Well, that was one of the, the things that the was on the wiki that I hadn't just totally pieced together in terms of watching the episode. But mm. like, the this idea of an imagined home mm. and how like different people within the episode um mm. yeah. are, are thinking about that while they're all still fracking stranded in space it's, yeah it's interesting i yeah. think the extended is definitely like you pick up on it more because it's a lot more talking sounds sounds like yeah <laughs> Uh, but she is talking about the idea, like more of the idea of home. She's mm. like, is it a place or is it a longing for something, some mm. kind of connection? And she says, I never truly felt at home until these last few months here with you. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> Where's my Dama? Where's my oh. Rosalind? Oh. Where are you? My goodness. We'd all be so lucky. Oh, goodness. She does say like, hey, I know you love this ship. You probably love her more than me. And he like doesn't argue at all. <laughs> <laughs> he has spent more time with Galactica. I he suppose. has. Yeah. But she's like, get us the freck off this ship or you're going to lose both of us at once. Yep. And I think that hits home. Mm. This is where we get the shot of Gaius doing science things. That is old Gaius doing old science things. <laughs> and then uh, then we're back with Sam in the tub and Mm -hmm. they're explaining to Ty what's going on that like Sam can connect to the electricity in the ship because of the organic resins that they've been putting in Galactica that Mm. act like nerve fibers, Mm. but he still can't access their computers, but he could theoretically jump them because he can get to the FTL. And as we know, there's a 90% chance five more jumps and she'll split in half. Yikes. Risky. Yep. Yeah. I wouldn't take those odds. Mm-hmm. I would not. Oh, also, um, 
this is where the hole in the bucket thing is. And that oh. was the that was the nickname for Galactica. I don't know if we mentioned that oh, earlier. No, I didn't know that. It was uh, when the Pegasus showed up and yep. one of the, like the Pegasus was the beast, I think, and Galactica mm-hmm. was the bucket. Oh, so they've like tied all that together. Well, that's nice. I bet that was so intentional and forwardly planned. Honestly, that might have been. I feel like. <laughs> so they didn't know who the, the Cylons were. <laughs> but they were like, at like... the end of season four, we're going to make a Liza. There's a hole in my bucket, dear Liza joke. And it's going to yeah. tie in so perfectly to this nickname that we have for the ship. No. So the hole in the bucket thing is something that the hybrids have said before. Okay. Yeah. So it's been ongoing. I don't think it was like a super intentional drawn out plan, but it's been an ongoing reference anyway. Uh, Ellen and I'm not sure which six this is at this point are reporting to Adama that the colony was moved. Uh, So he kind of considers that like end of the line. Mm. And um, like cut with this scene is uh, Hera jumping on the bed (laughs) in boomers like fake daughter's room mm. and then we see Hilo like walking with Adama who's headed to the funeral mm. and just like give this poor man a raptor he's no good to you anyway yeah exactly <laughs> he's exactly. not going to be helpful right now in terms of whatever mission you're on like you've done crazier things yourself and so has your idiot son just like <laughs> give the man a raptor <laughs> agree but Hilo does have a moment where he's like, like, I can't let go. You're the one who can't let go. Like, yeah, which is totally kind of gesturing fair. to Galactica. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. One beer and, and Adama, I'm like sleeping. I know. It's, yeah. Tell me about it. Um, Adama's just like not ready to hear it yet. And he's like, don't. T- I don't know. I forget just what he says. He's very up. Just don't, Hilo. And he, he like the look of like horror on Hilo's face that he insulted Adama. He's still such a good boy. And he he's so concerned about like respect and the chain of command. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Just please. Yeah. He's he's losing it though. He is. So this the way this funeral is edited, I thought was really beautiful. With yeah, there's like it four is. Really speeches nice. kind of intercut. They were saying that they uh, had done. They didn't know what to do really because there'd been like quite a few funerals and mm. whatnot, and they wanted to make it interesting. And I think they did very well. Also, the yeah. fact that it's like silence and humans intercut together, and and how complete it is between the two of them instead of being like just the humans who died or just the silence who died it's like very inclusive so yeah it's, it's nice. very touching mm-hmm. i think the speech that ellen is giving is the like i forget the actual name of it but it's a prayer we've heard before from the silence when they mm. know they're gonna die and like not redownload yeah the prayer to the something of the dying or the undying i forget <laughs> then we get this just gaius being gaius we scene. just both shook our heads at the same time also is necrotic sells a thing uh i believe okay here's what i know about this issue without having done any actual research on it i watched a a while back some one of those like unnecessarily drawn out documentaries about a missing child that was on netflix you could say that you're an expert yes continue Uh, obviously yeah (laughs) i watched like eight episodes of this show wow um 
No, but there was it was a, a big case. The family was traveling abroad. I don't even remember where at this point, but their child went missing when they were on vacation and the parents ended up getting accused of killing their child and like ditching the body and then saying like, oh, somebody kidnapped our child, which wasn't actually what happened. You're not talking about the dingo ate my baby thing. No, but a similar similar reaction. I think they realized that the dingo did in fact eat her baby. Yeah. No, that's been... Mm. Almost, pr- I'm not sure if it's 100% proven, but it's like seems very likely that mm. that's what actually happened. And I think that the, that woman actually maybe did jail time, which is horrific. Yeah. Um, this family did not, but it was still awful. But so they they had these dogs that were supposed to be like the best trained dogs in the whole world about sniffing for one blood and two necrotic tissue. Mm. Um, and they the dogs indicated that both were present not only in the apartment where the family was staying but in their car which would have meant that they like took the body somewhere because there's no way that this necrotic tissue could have been present without uh, i'm sorry wait wait how did the dogs tell them which one they smell so one of the dogs is trained for blood and one of the dogs is trained for necrotic tissue. Only. Ah, because I just imagine the dog having like some kind of hand system with its <laughs> paw. No, they're, they're separate dogs okay. with separate skills. But that was like what all the evidence was based on. And then it's just, I think over the years, it's kind of been debunked that you can like train dogs to that level of like where they would never make an error and this mm. is definitive proof mm. anyway so did you the, say definitive Ooh, look at that look at me tying it back yeah to the beer for those of you who can't see us anyway i think necrotic tissue is a thing but i think the use of it in i think if you actually have a sample of it you can identify it but the use of a dog being able to smell it is a little debunked, but that's not what we're talking about here anyway. That was a long tangent. Okay, cool. But thank you. I appreciate yes. that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, continue. It was one of the only good things that came out of that winding documentary that ended in, and nothing was ever found. The end. Uh, what a great story. That's what I hope so the many finale of, of Battlestar Galactica is more rewarding. Yeah. I hope that for you as well. Thank you. <laughs> Ronald D. Moore, do you hear me? I'm about to watch your show. Do you hear me years ago. a decade ago? <laughs> Ronald, can you hear me? <laughs> I know this aired a decade ago, but if it's not up to my... I, I'm going to be so disappointed. Anyway. Yep. It's been you a should, great journey. You should go online and leave scathing reviews of this 10-year-old show if it uh, doesn't meet your expectations. <laughs> <laughs> it'll kill him it'll kill him i invested two and a half years of my life making a podcast about what? your god's damn show <laughs> and i was disappointed in the finale i hope at least the show has brought you enough joy that it would be worth the journey even if the podcast or, or the uh, finale rather doesn't meet your Do you know what that's really ominous <laughs> but I will say before the last episode, because I don't want to cry, it has been quite a journey. And I feel like Aww. this podcast has been like across such an interesting part of my life. 
when I think about starting it like two and a half years ago in the midst of a pretty bad depression and like how my life has changed and grown, like it's crazy. So Yeah, you literally like traverse the world the in world. the making of this podcast yes. yeah it's pretty uh, i'm actually stuff. interested to listen to the earlier episodes and see if my accents changed uh, oh that bit. would be fun to listen to because yeah. i know i definitely enunciate my r's a bit more now on certain words especially where i'm not mm. understood here interesting so i've like adjusted my language a little and i feel like melia has a stronger accent than you so mm, mm. Maybe that would have influenced your speech. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I actually found that when I first moved here and I was with a lot of people from Sydney who had really strong accents, I found like for a while my accent got stronger. (laughs) That's Um, funny. It is weird. (laughs) Um, And I notice even now when I see Australians, I like my accent. I work with a British guy and sometimes I get a bit more British, you know. I'm a singer. I I mimic people. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes. No, it's totally a thing that people do. I think just some more than others. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So anyway, Gaius's proof that Starbuck is an angel, obviously, because that fits with his narrative, uh, is that there was necrotic tissue that matches her DNA. But he he like, I guess it's. I feel like it's for the audience's purpose, but he does it in such a perfect, like, mansplainy way in this scene where he's like, I found necrotic tissue. That means a dead body. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. It's uh, <laughs> it's pretty, like, I don't know. I've never heard the word necro before. Tell me more. But no, mm-hmm. I think I think that actually, though, to be fair, it does make sense with where he is. Like, he wouldn't expect every Joe Blow who's at the funeral to know exactly what that is. No, I know, but there's just something like really condescending about the way he says it. He's like that all the time. Yeah, that's just his natural state. That's his state. Uh, Adama is shouting at him to like shut up. And then finally, Starbuck comes over and just slaps him across the face. Which is great. Which is very good to see. Yeah. Still. Uh, Adamus dismisses everyone. He's screaming like off the deck now, which is just like not a very nice way to end a funeral. (laughs) So thanks, Gaius, for making this all about your shit again. Lee is looking particularly upset at this news that Starbuck is actually dead, even though he's the only one who literally saw her die. Yeah. Did you, you get the scene in the memorial hall in the episode? Yes. That's okay. right now. Okay. Uh, Just making so, sure. <laughs> yeah. Kara's there and she's got these like beautiful, like teary eyes going and Lee comes up to her and it's like, I don't, I don't care. Do you hear me? Uh, It's just like, I'm here and you're here and that's all that matters. And like, it is a moment where I'm not annoyed at Leodama, which is Oh, really? Okay. (laughs) All right. Were you? (laughs) Oh, it's a very Tom Cruise moment. I don't know. Just felt whatever. I was more interested in Starbucks, like putting her own photo back on the wall. Yeah. Which she does not do until Lee exits. Yeah. Which is like my favorite part of this scene. Yeah. (laughs) Anytime Lee Adama leaves the screen. It's It's usually out there in my favorite part. (laughs) Oh God. I do love her reaction. She doesn't say anything during this scene. Mm. She like smiles and she kind of like rolls her eyes a little bit and she laughs, but you can see that like, it's not genuine. Mm. Um, And like, she doesn't believe what he's saying. Uh, Yeah. He leaves. And then she, she puts herself right in between cat and D. 
Which, like, which, I felt like, like they spent more time focusing on the cat photo. I'm like, mate, cat was, like, not even there for that long. D was, like, a long-time friend. Why are you focus more on cat? Like, I think that I just have to concede that cat and Starbuck were lovers. Yeah. Because they spent, like, they, they make their relationship out to, oh, my God, can you imagine, though? <laughs> so spicy. You're imagining right now. Yes, um, I am. I think part of it is like I don't I actually don't think they've moved the the photos around mm. and Starbuck when she died the first time um was put right next to Cat. Mm. So she's like kind of putting her photo back where it was. Yeah. Um and then D I think died after that, right? Oh, like after yeah, Starbuck came back. Yeah. So true. she would have been put. And then also the way the framing is like Cat the, the photo of Kat is just more visible in the scene, but otherwise you're totally right. Like mm. we're, we just really have lost the D story. Mm. Not that we didn't lose it when she was still alive. Yeah. Yeah. Great. But Starbucks still has this smile on her face while she's putting up the photo. Like she's got these like, like teary eyes. Like, but I'm her, still she, standing. She's da, 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 da. I don't know no. if that's the sentiment that I read. <laughs> Look, it was the first thing that popped into my head. Um, no, it felt not. more like like she has accepted the fact that she somehow is dead. Like it seemed very like like almost a re- like the kind of relief that someone who was maybe like super suicidal would come to when mm. they're like, today's the day. Like just, yeah. which is like a terrible thing to speculate about. But just like there's something like, I get like this is what's happening like about it I don't know Mm. it was it's a weird there were a lot of emotions going on in her face she gives good face our Mm. Starbuck yeah yeah so all right Boomer finally makes it to wherever the colony is now um and it's massive and pretty creepy looking Uh, as they often are very cold yeah projecting they don't need True. Day and cool. they don't generally have a bunch of kids around, so it doesn't need to be particularly kid friendly or inviting. Um, but it's, yeah, extra, extra scary, I'm sure, for Hera. For sure. Boomer meets Cavill and she's like, or he's like, I, I wish I could have seen the look on Ellen's face when mm. she found out we betrayed her. So if we had any doubts that Cavill was in on this plan we like know that he was definitely the one who concocted it 100 percent uh boomer does hand off Hera, but she seems sad about it she does she cries yeah she does yeah Yeah. she calls his hero calls her boomer so much emotion from uh grace park in this episode playing multiple versions she's amazing in this episode yeah yeah. and always always Oh, this show, these actors. Oh, God. They're so good. Cavill brings her into another room where she's behind kind of like, it's like glass that's like textured so you kind of can't see through it, but like you can see her little shadow. In public showers sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so you can see her little like hands pressed up against it and Cavill's like, don't worry, you'll have lots of other playmates soon, which is really disturbing. Very disturbing. Like, don't worry, we're going to study you and figure out how to make more of you yeah. so you won't be lonely. Ugh. Uh, she's I'm really interested to see Boomer. what his plan is because... Like, he was like, we need to be more Cylons, so why does he want the human Cylon child? 
It must just be about reproduction, I guess. Yeah, I think it's just about because the that's it's the only successful mm. child that's ever happened with a Cylon. Mm. So, yeah, that's that's all he has to work with. So I guess he's gonna try. And Boomer's just she's really affected at this point. I think at having to to mm. lose Hera. Adama's walking through the halls, checking out his busted ship. He takes off his special like admiral jewelry in the hallway and walks to his quarters. I also noticed that um because he's admiral now, admiral's above commander, right? That's mm-hmm. how that's how it happened. No one ever bothered to change his door, which still says commander. But yet here they are making model ships. Right. And special jewelry. A couple things about this scene. Firstly, I forgot to mention at the beginning of the episode that in the very brief time that I listened to Eddie do his podcast, he made a comment about the fact that they had the groaning noises in every single scene of the of the episode. It's just like there the whole time. Mm. And then the other thing that Ronald D. Moore said was that he felt like this scene didn't pay off because they've been hitting the... Adama not wanting to lose his ship thing so hard that like coming to this point was just like oh like of course eventually you know like he just said he thought that they'd at too many points just like revisited this and kind of ruined this moment I could see it not being as effective as maybe he was Mm. going for but I do think the like the visceral thing of him like like ending up covered in paint yeah is I like, mean yeah that's a that, that was a beautiful scene to me but of course because Eddie's amazing it honestly, one of my notes was like, it wouldn't surprise me if he never told anyone he was going to do that and just covered himself in paint <laughs> without telling it. Also, he's the director at this point, so who yeah. would even have to tell? Uh, wardrobe, <laughs> like, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's very dramatic. It's not an effective way to paint. I don't recommend throwing the whole tray of paint at the wall. I mean, I'm glad you told to me because... Paint it that way. That's what I would have gone for see gosh what are you gonna what are you gonna do without me around mm-hmm. my goodness gonna be a mess where is, are we is this Sorry. when ty comes to his quarters first we have this scene with starbuck and sam mm-hmm. so she visits him again she's like like i've realized the old me is dead and gone and it's the same with you and she's like i don't know why i'm here i don't know what's going on with this whole music situation but we're gonna sit in this room until we figure it out and she plugs him back in Mm -hmm. which is a like a bold choice for her to make by herself i thought in my mind that was uh oh i think it's cut differently so i think so in the in this version that you are describing uh, the end scene is with Adama and Ty, which I actually think is very correct. In the other version, it is not the last scene. Um, so in the other version, there's like scenes of like people leaving the ship and like all of this stuff that happens after Adama and Ty oh. have the whole conversation. And I actually mm. think that the way that they put it is they have Adama and Ty have a conversation and then Starbuck talks to Sam and then they have people leaving the ship or something like that. Um, because in my mind, it was like that scene came after the adamatizing okay so and it would be after like after at least there's some acknowledgement that adama had decided Galac- yeah. galactica is done so yeah. it's like less of a risk yeah to plug sam back in okay yeah. interesting yeah because when i because like i my notes aren't extensive but like 
when I think about it, that's the way I think about it. And I don't think I think about that. You know, I didn't watch it today. It does make it very different. Not that it's like, that was my main concern is like, mm. oh no, the ship. Like it, they didn't play it that way. Anyway, we, we end the, the reg, the, the cut that aired, uh, with Adama and Ty. Okay. And... I do have a thing to say about that scene. Yeah. Yeah. Ty comes in and says, you wanted to see me and like looks Adama up and down. And then I just got into like a whole thing about like, wow, there's fan fiction there for sure. Because it was like oh, a I'm little quite bit sure. sexual. So when, I won't be spoiled, which is tomorrow. <gasps> tomorrow, tomorrow. Um, then I will look for that. Heck yeah. Uh, I'm sure there are all kinds of fun pairings that we I'm haven't so even dreamed of. <laughs> I like that this is how you're like ending your relationship with this series you've been watching forever. It's like, finally, the <laughs> pornographic fanfic. Yay. <laughs> so Ty's like, oh, yeah, you're you going to send those toaster workers packing? About time. And Adama's like, no, I'm going to stop repairs. And he like pours some drinks. And he's like, yeah, I'm just going to like. Maybe you should tell everyone to start stripping Galactica and like offloading civilians and get everyone transferred by the end of the week. <laughs> and Ty's like, what? It says we're abandoning Big ship, down. Ty. Ugh. And he really, he tries to put his little Cylon foot down. He's like, no, we can't. We'll get the old girl straightened out. Da, da, da. And then there's just a lot of like, Adama's like, I can't fault you for what you are because what you are includes being the finest officer and friend I've ever had. But oh, also, the love between um, these two. Oh I don't God. know if this was only in the extended version, but is there a whole bit that Ty does about being 2,000 years old and still having his same teeth? <laughs> no. So he's like, what am I, like 2,000 years old? And he's like, I've still got my same teeth. And then he goes like, like, I, I know you can't <laughs> see it. I can so see I, you Michael can't Hogan see it doing if you're that. You're listening to the audio version, but basically, he just like does, he bears his teeth like in a silly way to show Adama his teeth. Um, yeah, you miss, there's a whole extra extended bit of like them just like talking about things. And that was one of my favorite lines. I've still got That's my freaking teeth. precious. <laughs> yeah. I like that that's like an argument that Galactica yeah. will be fine also. <laughs> look at me and so that's the end of the episode for yeah. you that's the end we close out on there's there's a lot of the the pipey music throughout this episode and we close out on that and they i think right now you and i should do a toast because they do a toast to, to galactica galactica the best ship in the fleet we just toasted on the set. <laughs> it's very great uh great yeah so we're gonna leave it there because i have to do you though want to make any final predictions? Now that my dreams have been crushed with <laughs> yes, then about I Daniel, I don't really have anything. I'm, I feel like it's weird because I know how quickly the series can move, and I just feel completely like I have no idea what's going to happen. Honestly, and the fact that it's a three-part finale is just wild. Like so many things will happen, but I don't think it's going to be happy. Mm. Do you have any, like, ending that you desire? Like, do you have, like, is there something you're really hoping to see in the finale? I don't know. It would be cute. Like, 
Rosalind's probably going to die. Hey, that's a prediction. <laughs> I'll, I'll write it down. It would be nice if they had some kind of like public commitment to each other, even though she is going to die. But I don't think it's their style. It just kind of would have been nice. Would be nice because I, I have a feeling that the end is going to be sad, but that it would be nice if there were moments of joy in it. I like that as a prediction. Sad, sad with moments of joy. Yeah, pretty much <laughs> like life. Um, do you yeah, have counts exactly. or not anymore? Oh golly, I didn't even. It's okay. It's the episode for it. it. I think that we should end it here because I want to go. You know, but um, hey guys, super exciting. We're probably gonna split. We'll probably record the final three together, but we'll probably split them up um, for you. Yeah, that's a lot to listen to all at once. What? Almost three hours of television. It's like a movie length. Like a two-hour movie. Basically like a movie length. And like, you know how much we talk about a 45-minute episode of television. So can you imagine? We'll probably split it into three. Longest, long-distance conversation. We will see you next time, dear Liza. It's going to be fun. Yeah. All right. Bye. I'm so excited for you to watch the end. There's no earthly way of knowing (laughs) which direction we are going. There's no knowing where we're rowing or which way the river's flowing. Is it raining? Is it snowing? Is a hurricane a blowing? Not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing. Are the fires of hell a-glowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? Yes! The danger must be growing, for the rowers keep on rowing, and they're certainly not showing any signs that they are 